Good morning, fuckers. It's another day at the Daily BM where we bring it to you somewhat live to your face in the mornings or in the afternoons or the evenings, depending on what time you listen. So we're going to go ahead and get this thing kicked off and get it rolling. I have Mikey in the house. Hey, everybody. And I have Eric C. What up, bitches? And we have a very, very beautiful special guest with us today. KO, the big Kristen Otten. What's going on? I haven't been an Otten for a while, but yes, that is my maiden name. Um, What's happening? See, that's how I know you because of KO. So It's just KO, dude. That's how, we roll. that's how we roll. I know. It's just KO. It's still KO. Sure. Even when I got married, it was still KO. But now I'm divorced, so I'm still KO. Uh, yeah, so you're still <laughs> KO. I'm still KO. What was your, uh, what was your other, your married name? Oats. I'm so here. I'm. I'm. So you're still okay. KO. I'm still okay. KO. I uh, lost. Okay. Uh, I lost an E and an N, and I grabbed an ass, an A and S. So <laughs> wouldn't be your first time. I mean, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I, I almost ruined. Actually, that I probably wouldn't have gotten married um, at one point. You know, like a drunken evening, and uh, somebody grabbed my ass, and my my fiance, my ex husband at the time observe that and then you know it was just a bad thing <laughs> it was really good so, yeah it's never yeah. a good thing to grab a married woman's ass or no, you know engage no, no, one no. Oh, it's handsy. a whole lot of problems <laughs> yeah you know yeah so what's going on fellas oh nothing much i'm having a shitty morning <laughs> really shitty like literal shitty yeah that's that's an everyday thing though, KO. Um, yeah, I was gonna say he shits every before every show. So I had a I had a great I had a great dinner last night. Went to bed at a decent time, and I took an ambient. Well, I woke up again from taking the ambient. What happens when you do that? It makes you trip balls, kind of, because you're like fighting it. Yeah, because you're supposed to be sleeping. Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, so it, it, it's one of those things that just ruined my whole day. And then some asshole about eight o'clock this morning decided to. Uh, Turn on a pressure washer and pressure start pressure washing the roof. I'm like, I don't care where you live. Isn't there fucking rules against at a certain time? Like you don't hear me out in the seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with a chainsaw starting up, do you? I think I think eight o'clock is generally acceptable. Yeah, I was gonna starting. say eight o'clock is usually the go time for lawn people. No, tip it, well, you know, we have a noise ordinance in our neighborhood and it's nine o'clock, but that doesn't matter for the lawn people because they are there at seven AM. <laughs> and I'm in the first building, so like of course they make the first building where the pool and all that jazz is, it's gorgeous, you know, and, and it's pristine, so they spend a lot more time over there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it sucks. So when you finally you're trying to sleep in in the morning and they're going full force at 7 a.m., yeah, it's not going to happen. And? <laughs> and he goes, and? No more then. <laughs> so, so tell us, uh, K.O., what are you up to these days, man? Um, so um, what am I up to these days? I'm, I'm, I'm an instructional coach at a, in a school in the Suncoast area. Okay. Um, but I've been a math, uh, math coach, actually, for the last three years. I've been teaching for – this is my 12th year. So next year will be my year, year 13, lucky 13. Um, so I've been at the same school. Actually, I left for about a month <laughs> and, um, I got hired at another place cause I kind of had a temper tantrum and, um, I got pissed off and I'm like, I'm what, leaving, I'm done. No. I'm leaving. Um, and so I went to another school and I started working at another school at great, great people. 
And, um, and then this, this position opened and they brought me back in and I'm so happy because this is my home. This, uh, this, this, my school where I'm at is my home. I love, you know, so what tough. level of math do you teach? Oh, I, I'm K5, bro. <laughs> okay, so you're, so you're basically two years above my knowledge of math. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Tutoring I'm sure available. you're smarter than a fifth grader. I have my moments like when I first became a math <laughs> coach and fifth grade is not like fifth grade math is like, okay, when I was in school, fifth grade math, our fifth grade math today was like seventh or eighth grade math. Right. Back when I was in school, like I remember fifth grade math being like long division. That's now fourth grade. Um, <laughs> so uh, fifth grade math, I kind of like at the, my first year, I was like, oh God, I got to reteach myself with this. But I, you know, now I got it. So... <laughs> You know, Mike, I just saw you shake your head when she said that. When uh, She said, oh, you're smarter than Fuck you. We're four minutes, 55 <laughs> seconds into the show. Go fuck yourself. Because I saw that. You're like, no, he's not. <laughs> Damn. Have you ever watched Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I would lose. Tremendously Have you ever lose. watched it? Yes, one time. Okay. Like, the questions that they ask, like, I don't remember any of that shit. I'm, I don't think I'm smarter than a fifth grader for fifth grader material. Now, can I – whip their ass at other parts of like intelligence yeah probably because the shit i use every day you know but like fifth grade shit no can't do it sorry it's nope. it's pretty um pretty complicated and then and now with our new best standards at florida wow. yeah um they've even kind of brought it back down so it's even kind of more more complex i guess at, at some points in different grade levels so hey, so Mike, obviously you have kids. Eric has kids that he doesn't know he has. And, and, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, did you when you were uh, with your daughter, when she was going through school, did you find it like harder to some of the shit that they were doing based on the stuff that you were doing? Or was it pretty much the same for you? OK, so um, no, because I was in my master's program. Right. And one of the first classes that you had to take in your master's program, which is actually funny, it was my last class, is a, a re like introduction to basic math because it's been so long that since you've done it that you don't remember all of it. So they make you take an introductory course. Mm -hmm. But because it was a, an, a later, it was added to my curriculum later in the program. It was actually my last class. So I had just gotten done taking that that class, that introductory class, when she was in like fifth grade. So it like worked out perfectly because I was like, oh, shit, I just did all this. Like, I know how to do it. But now, like, she's in organic chemistry and, um, you know. Orgasmic uh, chemistry? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> probably that. She's probably that, too, but I don't want to know So where, what, whoa, 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 what's whoa, the whoa. class for that again? Um, I want to <laughs> sign up for college again. 52-year-old starts college, orgasmic yeah, chemistry. Yeah, you're not invited. <laughs> 52 year old gets kicked That's, out of college. We have seen an increase in chemistry majors, boys and girls. <laughs> Extracurricular activity. Curricular. Curricular activity. Yeah, I remember when my youngest was uh, asking me for help. Dude, I literally was 10 minutes into it, went like this. You know, man, you really should ask your older brother these questions because he's really <laughs> smart in math. You know, thankfully so, now we have Google and uh, and YouTube and, th and those yeah. things help. Like I've had colleagues reach out and like, I don't remember how to do this. They have like a junior, senior in high school. And I'm like, shit, I don't remember how to do it. But let me just look it up real quick. Let me get right back to you five minutes later. Okay, I think this is the answer. So like very thankful for YouTube. <laughs> That's great until you find somebody that does it wrong. And they think yeah. that, right? <laughs> they throw you under the bridge. I've seen, I've seen like videos where people do like division wrong. You know, like they, they do the they do the multiplication before they do the, what's in the parentheses. Mm. 
that kind of shit. And you're like, uh, that's wrong. I know that's wrong. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's not Guilty. the right answer. <laughs> so now like I have to like figure out what, uh, I have a stepson. He's uh, 15. So he's in like, I think 10th grade, ninth or 10th grade. I don't even know, but I have to see what classes he's taking. Cause I have to study up on like history and like world events. Cause he'll quiz me. Like just ask me random questions to see if I know it. So, you know, I, I want to pretend I'm really smart. So when he asked me like, yeah, that happened like 1945. <laughs> it was this person. Nobody pays attention in those classes. Oh, he does. He's a huge uh, history buff. Like that's uh, his thing. Mil- especially military history. Oh, he's all uh, into that. He's, re- he's wicked smart. He's yeah, from he- Boston now. He's wicked smart. He's probably like every other kid. Does he lack common sense though? Oh, 100%. <laughs> my son's 22, and he still lacks common sense. That's like, my he's so book smart, it's ridiculous. And then you you get him in a common sense situation, and I just like stare at him going, man, maybe I'm not quite as dumb as I thought I am. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ugh. Well, you do have a lot of common sense, Brad, man, so it would make sense <laughs> that you wouldn't be smarter than a fifth grader, I guess. Yeah. Life wow. experience. And so the insults, yeah, you're in, man. I mean, you're now the fourth member. I mean, <laughs> shit. Great. Awesome. I mean, because I'm used to these two beating me up. I mean, it's nice to get a freaking oh, another jab oh, from another direction. Don't even let him lie to you. It's been a I, hot minute. You know? I, I take the brunt of the uh, <laughs> negativity. I am literally the butt of every joke on this fucking show. Well, that's because you're just such a fucking professional. Only. <laughs> he makes it too easy, Brad. He makes it too easy. Damn, Brad. That was not low-hanging fruit. That was good. I kind of like that one. Damn it, man. Is he <laughs> right, jab, right, jab, right, jab, right, jab. I don't know, KO, if you've had a chance to listen to the Liverpool episode. <laughs> not we, the we Liverpool were... episode, no. Not <laughs> yet. Okay, so we, we, got, the, we got the distinct privilege of being on the air, on broadcast, much like Eric's past career, where he was professional, paid to do this. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, <laughs> what I didn't realize is even in England that, you know, there's certain words that you can't say. And it's not just like the big ones, you know, like, like, fuck. You know, you can't say like shit or dick or, you know, Eric's favorite word, pussy. Um, <laughs> words like that. So you, you can you say know, pussy on air. This entire, oh, you said oh, we couldn't. Yeah, you, can, you just can't. You can, you can call me a pussy live on air, but I can't say, hey, I'd really like to go eat her. Yes. Oh, see, I it's just, a, so I a, just, okay, so because of the, the ambiguity there, I decided to put that on my do not say list. Just because you know someone interprets it funny, but anyways, so we're on air, on broadcast live in Liverpool, and Eric's been telling us like a week or two before what we can and can't say. You know, I'm the professional; I know what I'm doing here. The very first words out of his mouth, mm. cusses right out of the gate, like right out of the gate. He's like, <gasps> like you know, that was my look the entire show, like, <laughs> like literally, he his mouth dropped so fast, like, and it stayed there for like so long, like that. I thought his screen froze like during the show because I thought, oh, shit. And then Eric's like, I'm out. Like literally we're like three minutes into the show and he's like, I'm out. And he's like getting ready to dip out. I'm like, no, just stay in. And then he does it again and then again. (laughs) Not once, not twice, but three times. (laughs) But no, it was it was fun, though. Anyways, so Eric, your, your problem is you like you literally like set yourself up. Yeah, I know. You just open yourself up like you're just like, here I am. Just. I'm going to call him Eric Everlast Collins because he's the <laughs> biggest punching bag ever. Please. <laughs> yeah, so tell tell me a little bit how you guys all know each other because I'm the I'm the odd man in the group. You Eric, you drive this bus. 
Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The restaurant industry, man, is a very small <laughs> industry when you work in in uh, in, in L Town, man. Like, oh, okay. Um, I think I started at I was at Applebee's. Brad, you were at Chili's mm-hmm. before I hightailed it over to Chili's. But the funny was like with the, the whole crew, the Applebee's Chili's crew was kind of like this crew mesh that just. The only two restaurants in town at the time. Oh yeah, the, and like I mean, <laughs> and they were crazy, especially like Apple. When I first started there, they would do like sex trivia. Like it was like bumping eleven o'clock at night. Like everybody was at Applebee's because it's the only place to be. And so like, and the thing like we'd all work. So the people that worked when we worked doubles, like I be Applebee's, but then during my break we'd all go to Chili's and get <laughs> shit faced. <laughs> and then go back to work and then work our freaking shift to close or whatever. And then everybody that works at Chili's and then come over to Applebee's after work. Oh, Lord. And then eventually, you know, that can that catches up with you after a while. So I got fired from Applebee's and then went to Chili's. <laughs> and, you know, wow. the, the rest is history, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, it was, I, one of my favorite memories from back in the day was when we would get off work at Chili's and then we would just hop, hop on over to Applebee's and, you know, have a couple of rounds of cocktails that was such a great time. That was a lot of fun. But speaking of what you just said, now, one time on Valentine's Day, I made a huge mistake of taking a break with Schmangle Brian. He was uh, waiting tables. I was behind the bar. It was Valentine's Day, so you know it's going to be slammed. Mm-hmm. So we went to, <laughs> we went right next door to, we went to Longhorn and each got a steak and a bunch of cocktails. So now we're not only drunk, but we're fat and full and slow. Oh, <laughs> it's like the worst shift ever. That sounds like Brad every day. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like a day in the life of me. I mean, shit. That was a lot of fruit. I remember... Uh, that slow you, part. I, I, I don't know. Always hungry. I, true. But uh, I don't know about you, <laughs> K.O. But I, I know that, like, for instance, whenever uh, we would get off the shift and go out and go get fucked up over at Applebee's and shit, we always end up, especially... I remember when Showgirls first opened because it oh, was where God, you could yeah. drink for an extra hour and we would all haul ass and go Sunday over night, there. Hospitality Sun- night. Hospitality <laughs> night, yeah, we go there. You drink for like half off, dude, or sometimes oh free, depending on who the bartender dollar, was. It was dollar wells, dollar drafts. It was like nope. dirt cheap, man, dollar. I was actually talking about this with Craig the other night. I was like, man, we used to get shit-faced Sunday nights because everything closes at like 10, 11 o'clock, but you can go to Hillsborough County and drink till three or whatever. Oh. And I remember this one time specifically uh, <laughs> with, with, with Trex slider with with t-rex old oh t-rex oh uh, travis there was this one chick on stage and i was just like amazed by what she could do with her ass like she could just do Wait. this thing yeah what did she do with her she, ass like, oh, please her ass, like he just would kiss it would, it would just do this thing it was amazing and i'm just like damn that's really freaking talent that's talent right there right that's talent <laughs> to make your ass kiss is talent <laughs> like, just making her ass do that it was just a, i can't do that Krista, that today cool. today's like, Today they call it clapping. Okay, you See, make the ass clap. Term. I'm not like at the nudie bar all the time. But, okay, clapping with your butt. So right. I was just like, Travis, let me go buy you a lap dance. Like I was super stoked, and I'm like, you got to sit here and just watch this. So I'm like, here's some dollars, girl. Like just do your thing. Do that thing with your butt. And it was just great. Like you know, <laughs> we'd sit there, just drink, play pool, and just watch the the booty clap. So it's you know. I think the time. last time I went to a strip club. Was with Mike, I believe. We, uh, we went for my birthday, right? We were going out, and then uh, and Amy Amy met us, and uh, used to work with us. Amy, blonde Amy, tall, um, fuck, last name Brantley. Yeah, Brantley. She went with us because I called her and pulled her out of bed and said, "Get your ass up here." 
That's, <laughs> a, birthday. that's a friend. <laughs> yeah, that was she, birthday. Yeah, she was she was really cool about that too, man. So um, yeah, she was a cool chick. But that was the last time I was there, and I I I, I vaguely remember a whole lot of that night afterward either. I don't that remember. Was a hot minute ago, that was that's a long time ago. We hadn't hung out with her in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I don't. I can't remember the last strip club I even went to, let alone how long ago it was. I couldn't even tell you. I, I wish I was joking. <laughs> there is no punchline to that. I really <laughs> wish I knew. <laughs> I'm really sitting here thinking, like, I don't really. Uh, know. I was like three three months ago, I think. Three, oh, really? Like November. Yeah. But what? Uh, like a special occasion, birthday, uh, bachelor no, party, just shits and giggles. Oh. Wife and I and some friends went just for shits and giggles. Even better. Yeah. You know, there's, I haven't been to any of the ones where I live around here. And because I'm like, oh, it's a little sketchy. Uh, but there's this one that, I mean, used to be really sketchy. And then they reopened. And ever since they've reopened, that place is packed at like midday. Like you drive at like 11 to one in the afternoon, whatever. It's packed. So like my guy and I are like, you want to go in? Like maybe just see what it's about. Like I'm a little, like, I don't know. We talked about it. We haven't taken the plunge yet, but just to see what, what, what this county is all about, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's funny hearing somebody brag about showgirls and then calling another place sketchy. <laughs> I mean, this is Pasco County, dude. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, okay. go ahead, Mike. Nope. Mike, go. I was going to take it, take it in a different direction, but go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, no. Go that. I'm, I'm good. Go. Well, so I was wondering, since you said you're a school teacher now, like, how do you feel about the, the current school climate? I know it's a little bit harder hitting question. Actually, no. <laughs> no. Um, I, it's, I've been in both uh, non-Title I and Title I schools. I'm currently okay. at a Title I school, meaning that it's very low socioeconomic. There's a lot more behaviors here. Um, but this is my home. I, I love Title One. That's like my my, my soul. Um, I've been in not in non Title One where you have like helicopter parents and and stuff. Yeah. So the grass isn't always greener. Not and you know parent the parents don't bother me at all. I, I get along very well with every most all parents. Um, but it's a lot nowadays. Like in, being in year twelve now, you see a shift with the behavior and entitlement and uh it's just um there's a huge decline and i think even covid has totally made that even worse because Mm -hmm. we have children that have not been properly socialized um they don't know how to act socially they don't know how to control their impulses like just a lot of social behaviors that it's very difficult um a lot of kids not having experience coming into um uh, in a school environment. So they haven't had pre-K they haven't, you know, so it's, it's uh, every day is an adventure. It is every day is an adventure. So do you feel that it's on the parents to prepare the kids to go to school or is it on the school to have a curriculum that teaches them how to socially interact? Unfortunately we do. Um, we do have uh, pieces in place where we do mm-hmm. a lot of social, emotional, um, you know, uh, pieces. But again, like that, there's only so much time for that. Like we're, right. you know, most teachers, like there's no time, there's no time because you're expected to teach so much curriculum. So that becomes really difficult. I think a lot does have to come from home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we can only do so much here at the school. Like we're trying to teach them academics. But, and yes, we are trying to also teach social appropriate social behavior. Um, but it's very difficult, especially when you have like class sizes that are like 20 plus kids. Um, it becomes really difficult. Because one of the things I've noticed and um, it, it everywhere I go, I just see parents with like young kids, like your school age and younger. They just sit in front of their iPad or their iDevice or their phone um, playing games or watching social media. And the parents are just not interacting. Now, the kids aren't acting up because they're so enthralled with this device, but they're also not learning any social skills as far as like talking with other people at the dinner table or interacting. You know, it's, they're sitting there just locked on these screens. Do Our society you, has definitely shifted where we've created monsters. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've done the same thing as a, mo- a new mom, you know, like I've done it too. Um, thankfully, mine aren't completely glued. Like, it, you know, we have to yeah. separate. You have to separate that. Um, but I think uh, the, another piece is like giving in. We have a lot of that where you can tell like the parents don't want to deal with the behavior. So they're just like, here you go. Um, That's a huge thing that I see with some of our younger kids. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was literally in a kindergarten classroom, watched them coming in from their, from specials or wherever, art PE, wherever they were coming from and giving them point. I'm like, Oh, I like it. You know, positive behavior stuff, trying to get them to come in. I'm like, all right, so-and-so I'm like, come in, go have a seat, follow directions. You can give yourself a point, blah, blah, blah. And then I, everything was cool. Leave five, not five minutes later, I get a call because I was acting admin yesterday. And so I was waiting for someone to respond and I'm like, no one's responding. I got to go. I'm coming. So I went back in there and fine. But within two minutes, it was like, whoop, flip the switch, flip the switch oh, because wow. they didn't get what they wanted. And so then they feel like it's okay to put hands on you and, you know, and act that way and Mm -hmm. on the floor, like think just because they want what they want. So you see like that type of behavior occurring, not, I mean, it's only a few little friends, um, but it's a huge disruption. So like learning's not happening when that's occurring. And it's sad to say like some kids are becoming desensitized to that because it happens so frequently that they're ignoring it, which they should, but it's so even for myself, like I have a hard time with that because you're taking away the learning from other people. And I really do have a hard time with that. Right. OK. Yeah. I remember South Park did, did an episode on the decent sensation. You know, they go over the top with whatever they do. So it was Always. when we were having all the school shootings and the boys were in school and there was actually shootings happening like every day at the school and the boys were just acting like normal um, everyday mentality and the parents were like losing their minds, but the kids were just like, Oh, this is normal, you know, like everyday life. And that's kind of sad. I mean, that's still an extreme, but that, that does what happened. You know, that, that it's, it gets desensitized. Um, is there any like thing in place that they do to like help parents like that or like help like, you know, and then our parents, the or their parents feel entitled, like they do nothing wrong. I mean, I don't, you get a little bit of both. Of, yeah. <laughs> We, um, we definitely, we have fantastic, um, student services, you know, through, uh, yeah. through our school and, you know, other outside resources, but, um, you know, we, we, they, they do work with the families and trying to get whatever support that they need because we want them and that we want the families and the children to be successful. That's our goal. You know, right. we're here, we are here, we are doing this job for them and their children. 
Um, so yes, we, they, they do offer, um, you know, a lot of support, but then you always have some that, you know, their child could do no wrong. Yeah. And, um, that's, that is tricky, but then we just got to keep doing what we're doing, you know? Yeah. He's got to work through it. Let me ask you something, Kristen. Um, so, you know, there's been an initiative to be pushed to go to a four day school week, but a five day work week for teachers, basically that you would have Mondays to do what your prep for the week. Um, do you see, would you see that as a benefit as a teacher? Because I know like a lot of times you guys do your planning, like after the kids leave, like at night, even sometimes when you're at home mm-hmm. for the next day or whatever, you might be planning out your week. Do you feel like a four day school week would be good beneficial or the opposite? Um, I'm all for a four day work week. And I know I'm both sides as a parent. I know how complicated that can be because again, just like during the summer, you got to worry about childcare and stuff, especially with the young ones. Um, my, my positives for having that four day work week, whether it be a Monday or a Friday that they have off would be, and I, I would suggest a Friday because most teachers take off Fridays, just saying. Um, you would have less staff absences. You would probably say, you would definitely say we have a, like, we have a bus driver shortage. Like I would never want to be a bus driver, but we have a shortage and it's awful. Mm -hmm. Um, we have kids coming to school like an hour late because of buses. It's horrible. Or they're staying here an hour after school because there's no buses. Um, so that would help with that piece too. And then I think that teachers would also that extra day, whether it's through planning or professional development, I think that's awesome because you're not, people aren't having to leave campus to go do professional development or yada, yada. Um, it's just keeping it in house. that gives them time to properly plan and get those, all those other housekeeping things done. I know other States, uh, I know specifically Arkansas, I think a, a district, a district in Arkansas does that. And that's what they utilize that for like one day or two days during the month for professional development, which seems to be working really well over there. So like 40 work week, I'm all for it just for, for really for that. Um, I think it would definitely help alleviate some stress. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that would be something that passed. Cause again, you can see both sides from the parent and then the teachers too. So. I think it'd be hard for the parents um, because they'd have to find some type of alternative care. I think the, the districts would have to, um, offer some more like place or after school like yeah. care that they do offer at some some campuses. Mm-hmm. So that would have to be something that I think they would have to like think about an infrastructure for that piece for sure. And isn't food, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't food like a big deal too? Like they rely on the school to provide these children with lunch, right? So I'm at a Title I school. So all of our students at Title in Title I schools, they get free breakfast. Um, and then during COVID, so this was the first year we actually had to go back to paid lunches. Um, but the last two years we are, they gave, uh, free lunches to all of our students. Oh, that's awesome. Really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, you know, our kid, these kids come to school, they're hungry. This is the, this is like their, um, their, their safe place. This is like where they have normalcy a lot of time, not all of them, but you know, some, many, um, where they get their, they get a meal. They, they're in a safe place. They're in a, you know. They're cared for and stuff. So, yeah. Rock and roll. Anyone? Yeah, anyone? Anyone? Run with it, Eric. So my thing is, is also, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about like, you know, Mike made a good point. Like we feels like uh, with 
the video games and, you know, the iPads and, you know, the phones and all that kind of stuff. You know, when I was growing up, and I know they're going to crack a joke on this, uh, make an old person joke, but when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have obviously all that shit. You know what I mean? So we had to go outside after school, go play with our friends and and go mm-hmm. and, and go like have these fantasy type games or play football. You know what I mean? So like we were grabbing sticks and sword fighting, you know, up on the up on the hill, you know, hey, take take the king of the hill, you know what I mean? And shit like that. I So like kids at school, I mean, they're obviously still going to PE, but do you I mean, are you around that environment? Like, do you see like like they're just not like they're socially awkward even in that when they don't have their phones around them? Um, no, I think it also depends on the, the special. Most kids love PE. They love it. Of course, most, they're not doing a lot work. of kids, <laughs> most kids hate art and music. And where do we see the most behaviors happen? In those two classes. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Art but, and yeah. music? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit, I used to love art, man. I know. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah. yeah. They prefer they prefer PE and they only get and this is my thing when I when I have to go in there for like a call I'm like you guys realize that you get this class one day a week one day a week that's nine classes in a quarter you know I'm like just do what you got to do come on you guys yeah I don't know what it is but they love PE um you know PE is really good about you know the camaraderie and the teamwork and and stuff like that so they're really trying to reinforce those appropriate social behaviors not that they don't do that in the other classes they do um but it's there's so many fun things when you go in the music room let me just jump on that and grab this and you know like there's no boundaries sometimes there's just no boundaries um and so it when you have um uh you know, you have to you have to teach you gotta teach those things. Hey, hey, Mike, when did when you went to Lakeland, right? Yeah. Okay, so do you remember? Did you ever take art at Lakeland at all? Mm, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, there was an art teacher there. She was there for like twenty some odd, some thirty years almost. Man, uh, hippie lady, man. Obviously, she's an art. Um, but I, I'm the reason why I love that class so much. Well, because wow, back then, back there. then, if Jesus. you were taking art class, you always had a hippie teacher. Man, I mean, it was just the way it was. Uh, uh, she we may not have been there. Don't forget, I'm like seven years after you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, she we didn't died. Have yeah, thanks, Dick. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> she may have retired. We didn't have hippies in my age. <laughs> Asshole. But um, so anyway, so we the reason why I really loved art, honestly, was because she would always let us smoke pot <laughs> outside. Oh, I swear to God, dude, back then it was a totally different environment in the 80s. Man. Wow. We would all sit there and she would know we were doing it because, I mean, you could smell it, but she smelled like a walking weed anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, she really did. She, I mean, if, if she was she's like, she kid, was, that's, I think that's where they got the character Tally on, you know, <laughs> South Park because she was such a, she was a stoner too. So we'd all just sit there and, you know, we'd be in class doing sculptures. I mean, thinking they look great, but they look like shit. Oh, you know, did you, you ever like in art class, like make like a pot, like, Hidden pipe, like you're. Oh, we're making bowls or coil bowls. Oh, yeah, all the time. To, like make it into a hidden pipe or bomb. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. We'd also do stupid oh. shit like try to make dicks, and we. I would mad. see kids coming out with stuff like that. I'm like, dang, how did you? How did you get away with that? Like. <laughs> Seriously, secret, no huh? lies, man. No lies. I, I totally believe you. <laughs> oh, I made a bunny statue. There's a hole coming out of its ear. Look Hell yeah, ear. man. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mike crazy. learned something about art class right out of the gate. The, wild, yeah, the wildest thing I remember in high school was being part in ROTC and being part of the rifle team and shooting on the school shooting range at Lakeland. 
They had They're, a shooting range on. Oh, TV. we did. Yeah, we we got to carry our twenty twos down to the rifle what? range, and we loaded them. Yeah, full. Yeah, we had a shooting range and everything. I am so um, glad I did not go to school down here. <laughs> so, that was ROTC. It was part of the military. Prep yeah, program. they were all walking around their uniforms and shit, dude. Like military. I mean, uniforms. it was it was it was great because it was like we learned like gun safety and like the like the whole nine yards. I mean, you know, my dad taught me he was in the military too, so I had the training before I went in there. But I was just like, this is really. It was really cool. And Do they was, still have that? No. It's all gone now. All gone. I would assume, yeah. All gone. Yeah. So Why? Like, Why? What was the reason for that going away? Does anybody know? I'm just No curious. guns on campus when they um, pass that. Mm-hmm. When they pass that law, uh, you know, it's, it's a gun-free zone. So, like, when you went through that training, did, yes. did you get your concealed weapons permit because you've been trained? No, because it was on rifles. It wasn't handguns. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It wasn't on concealed. It wasn't. Gotcha. We weren't shooting like handguns and concealed permit. No, it was just you know always make sure the guns are not toys. No matter how cool they are, you never play with guns. You know, they, they um, you know taught us that the gun should always be pointing down range. Like you don't wave it around. You don't pick up the gun unless there's an instructor looking. You know, watching it. You know, working with you or checking to make sure it's cleared. It was just a really great program. Like, I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, um, but I was, I was, I really liked it. I thought it was, it was, it was great. You know, we had a lot of people that were there, and we never had any issues um, when I was growing up with uh, like any accidents or misfires or anything like that. It was the instructors. You know, it was a real controlled environment, and you know, it was just like shop class. Like, I don't even know if they have shop class anymore because. There's all those dangerous weapons in there, you know. You can make knives and all sorts of shit. And bongs. Yeah. And bongs. Yeah. <laughs> it's another that's another elective you can take. <laughs> yeah, if you're in KO's case, you was making bongs and freaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that was I remember that because my uh, my son, like I said, my stepson, he's big into the military. Like he wanted to go in the military for a while. And when he was looking I was showing him my yearbook picture and he was like, You guys had a rifle range? I was like, Yeah, we sure did, you know, and we went down there and like Learned how to shoot, and we learned like the prone, all, all different like prone position, kneeling, standing. We went to competitions. Um, we, we you know we shot around the state, so it was kind of cool. I was like, this is really, really cool um, experience growing up because it wasn't like this taboo. Like it wasn't like ah, you know, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I feel like we were like hardcore, man. Like even for yeah. myself who grew up m- mainly, you know, like eighties, nineties, yeah. um, like it, 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 I feel like now we're getting to a point where it's like, everybody's offended about something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a society of, I can say a society of pussies now. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, you could say shit, bitch, cock, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, just know. ask Eric. He'll tell you all about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I graduated in 95. So it wasn't even that, <laughs> it wasn't even like that long ago. Because um, mm-hmm. I graduated in 95 and we did ROCC in 90, you know, 95, 94, 93, the entire time I was in high school. God, I'm so old. Yeah. When, when did you graduate high school, Brad? 80, 81? 80, 80 what? 81? So Fuck you, Kristen. I did not graduate in <laughs> 81. Just so I look damn good for my age. I was one year old. Fuck you too, Mike. That was Go ahead, Eric. Born. You next? Come I on. Come get yourself. 81. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I'm ready to get this shit on. Um, <laughs> Class of 2000, what? <laughs> What year did you graduate? Really? It was 87? Yeah. 89. Okay. Okay. Graduated. Okay. okay. Like, she nine. feels bad. Oh, yeah. that's cute, old man. I, I mean, <laughs> I, remember, I remember in grade school, like, a, a teacher smacking my hand. You know, oh. like, cor- like corporal punishment. Because I, oh. I went to a Christian school. Mm, so we that's had, common. We, we, we had no, <laughs> we had no like, we had no acting up in our classes. Because it was literally, like, 
Pop on the hand. Them nuns will get you, man. I can't tell you how many you times I got dean, spanked. Then you went to the dean's office, and uh, yeah, you didn't come back from the dean's office because they called your parents and sent your ass home. And then Dude, your and parents then, whooped your ass, right? And then my parents, oh my god, yeah, that was my biggest fear, like in life, like you know, my dad, like if I've messed up, my dad will whip my ass. I, so you know, th- talking about that, dude, I can't tell you how many times I got my ass beat in middle school yeah. uh, by the dean. Um, like he had a paddle and he like drilled holes in it to make a smiley face, so you'd have a smiley face on your ass. I mean, literally, dude. And he would put like, uh, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, like you're gonna get owned on the side of it and shit like that. I mean, it was like they made it. He had stickers on it and shit, dude. Like, every time he'd hit somebody, it was like you know how football players put those things on their helmet. Every time they do something good, every time he'd spank somebody, he put a sticker on the damn thing. Thing was coated on the backside. But uh, they used to beat the hell out of us, dude. I mean, you act up, man. You were like, oh shit, I'm going up to see Dean, whoever. Oh man, you knew it was coming. You know what I mean? And then so when I got home, like my dad, I think the last time I got spanked, I was thirteen. Hold, I gotta relocate. Hold. Like, and uh, what I'm saying is to do bodily harm. Uh, <laughs> so it was thirteen. <laughs> so uh, that all being said, um, yeah. yeah. Was it? Kind uh, of and like I, la- I laughed at him. <laughs> was it? Was like like for real? Like dazed and confused, where the seniors would have the paddles, like you were just describing, that say "fuck you." anal eater (laughs) dude i'll be honest with you man when i was in high school i don't know about mike um because like he said seven years difference and i think they started changing those uh what are they called hazing Uh, it's the hazing thing you can't haze either uh anymore i don't know if you guys were still allowed but back then we had like greek clubs we had like jc's leo uh the kiets debonets things like that and oh. uh, so you had to be initiated. And if you were going at it, dude, they'd pick you up, make you sing tink, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in a garbage can in the middle of freaking everybody during right between classes. Yeah, dude. I mean, you used to be wow. able to used to be able to to mess with people really, really good, but no problem. And uh, now now you can't do that shit. But yeah, what? man, you, there used to be hazing bad back in the day. And people weren't pussies, like she said. You just take it. I, I stood in a garbage can. I had to sing it right in, right there in the middle of the cafeteria. Sucked. But oh, that's you did it. Horrible. Yeah. See, I, so, I, I never got bullied. So I, you're, I, you're not being bullied. You're being hazed. Well, I, I was never hazed either. It was actually your friends. I mean, they just like, like, you, I, I, get bullied, the initiation. I get bullied by you two. And, uh, oh, Mike, <laughs> we're bullies, Michael. Oh, we're bullies. You know though. what? It makes you tougher. And I to hate to say this. Baby. Oh, my Lanta, you shut your mouth. <laughs> Go ahead, really? Mike. What? Here's the problem that I have. I have a big problem with that whole situation because here's the thing. Like, we're... I'm I don't feel like we're teaching any. I know I don't feel like we're teaching any of our kids resilience or persevering through the hard times. And what happens is, is you put them in this super safe environment where nothing can hurt you and nothing can cause any issues in your life. And then you get out in the real world, and all of a sudden you get kicked in the teeth by the real world because the real world doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And they may say they may care, but in reality, it doesn't. I mean, you know, it's like oh, there's safe places, but there's not. You Especially think- if you go to other countries. And Do you think that, I mean, I feel, I feel, I know suicide has been like, it's not a new thing, but no. I feel like it's something that's, you hear more of, especially in young, with young people. And that's scary. And, um, it, it, I, it makes me wonder if we're perpetuate or that's being perpetuated through by not, um, building that resiliency and, building that strong backbone you know it's like okay 100%. you say something you know what i mean like it like that's all i hear all day i'm at the elementary level like this mm-hmm. is all so and so did this and it's like stop like just just really that really that really is going to bother you and it, you know what i mean it's just like it's it's 
it's a problem. It's a huge problem. I definitely feel like it's impacting suicide because if you don't have that, if you don't learn resilience on the small things, like, you know, like getting picked out, it's picked out in school or something like that, then you don't learn it for bigger things in life. And then you can't, mm. you can't feel like you feel like there's no option. Like, I can't tell you how many times I got picked on because I came from a private school and I, in seventh grade, I got thrown into junior high. My first day of school, I showed up in a members only jacket because that's what my parents thought was cool. It was not cool. It wasn't even close to being cool. So I got like ridiculed like almost every day. Plus I always had a darker complexion because, um, I'm, I don't know why, uh, but I did. So I always got picked on for being Hispanic, you know, and things like that Jesus the Christ. whole time. I swear to God. I, swear to I know you. you did. I'm just laughing. You know? I don't know and, why. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why I have a complexion because I'm like 50% German, you know, and then the rest of it's all Northern England. So That's I should so be funny because like I've done the same thing. I have yeah. that natural tan complexion most yes. times. Like go out in the sun 10 minutes and yeah. then I'm like, like dark, yeah. but yeah, I'm like, German. <laughs> yeah, any area that doesn't hit the sun, I'm like white, 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 like super white. But the minute I walk out in sunlight, it's like I get like crispy brown, like I just crisp right up. But yeah, I, 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 I relate the, to what yeah. you're saying because I was the German. I moved. I lived in Germany when I moved to the mm-hmm. states. They didn't. Dr- I didn't dress like the kids dressed around here. No. I was the German girl. It was just weird and awkward, and yeah. it took me a while yeah. to make friends for sure. But. Woo, you know, and everybody, everybody already had their own clicks. Everybody mm-hmm. was put together, you know, like, I mean, I tried out for soccer and it was hysterical because like, I'd never played at all. And all the kids, and I was at Lakeland, Lakeland Highlands junior high at the time, which was a really good soccer program. All the kids in the program had been playing since they were like, I don't know, negative six months old. <laughs> I think they started in like, you know, in, uh, utro, like taking soccer classes because they were just amazing. I got there and just, you know, it was a complete freaking joke. I mean, it was just, it was, it was bad. And I thought I played pretty decent because I played with a Brazilian kid every day in my neighborhood <laughs> and he grew up playing soccer, but no, not compared to the kids that have been like hardcore training. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it made me like, it made me today where like things don't, I don't let things bother me. Like somebody can say something mean and it's just words. Like it's, it's fine. Like I'm okay. It's like, just words. You know, I like that. It's just words. Yeah. I feel like, you know, kids, the problem with kids is, is with bullying. Like I got, when I got went home, like my house is a safe place. They couldn't, the bullying couldn't follow me. But now with like social media, the bully can, bullies can bully you 24 seven and the bullying lasts like a lot longer. Like you can avoid the bully. Like you can't avoid it now because social media follows you everywhere. You know, you do something stupid and everybody in the world can see it. You know, they've had the ability to see it. It can stay with you for the rest of your life. Um, Well, now everybody in the world has their own opinion about everything, too. And social media makes it a safe place for them to voice whatever it is on their mind. Yeah, social media. I'm not a big proponent of social media. I think it's done a lot more harm to society than it's helped. Um, I know we have a lot of content, but I do feel like it's really created a lot more challenges for parents. And it's created a lot more challenges for individuals um, and a whole new set of environments. And I, I feel like I feel like your job as a teacher is getting more and more difficult because there's so many social issues that now come into the classrooms and you can't just focus on teaching. You're right. Because now you have to like figure out like gender and identity and like who you can talk to how. And oh. you've got both ends of the spectrum. You've got the one parent that's like adamantly against it, the other parent adamantly for it. And you've got to kind of navigate between the two to try to do your job the best. And I, and I know that, that that's gotta be super challenging. I mean, just, I can't even imagine. 
I'm very thankful at the elementary level. We don't we don't worry about that um, so much because they're, they're young children. This is more of like a secondary, you know, middle high school kind of, um, you know, where kids are really at that middle school age is just so but, jacked. Yeah, I have, a, I have a middle schooler and a high schooler right now. And my middle schooler is so me and it's just like scary, but she, um, she, you know, like at that age, they're really trying to figure out who they are. And now when you're bringing in all this other trans and this and da da da, it's like, it's just even that much more confusing. Um, well, it's a nightmare. Correct me if I'm wrong that the, uh, the quote unquote, like, don't say gay bill that directly affected your group of students. Right. Because that was, that was, that was the age that you're not supposed to talk to it about, talk about sexuality in school. Like they're just saying, we don't want to talk about it in school. We want that to be a parent conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it was coined the don't say gay bill by the media, you know, and the, the left out there. You know, and the right jumped on the other end of the bandwagon. But if you actually read the bill, it's not really that crazy. It just says we don't think the schools that it should be your job to teach the kids sexuality between the ages of one. I think it was one and eight mm-hmm. uh, it was up to eighth graders, which I'm OK with because, I mean, I, I, I've talked on the show openly. Like, I think during the whole AIDS pandemic, school really like messed with my sexuality as far as like having sex because I was afraid I was going to die. Because they literally, I, I can vividly remember, it's like like the two, it was like a male and a female, and they had names, it was like Mary and Jack, or whatever. It's like, you know, Mary has sex with John, and John has sex with somebody else. And then it's like, you've, you know, this is your first time, you've now had sex with like 2,000 people, and if one of these people has AIDS, everyone mm. has AIDS, and everybody dies. Yeah, Sorry, and it was a scare tactic back in the day. It was totally a scare tactic. And then, then, you know, between that and the (laughs) dare campaign, you know, like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Oh, what a joke that was. My neighbor was a cop and he taught it to our class when we were in school and he would give me all the cool swag because we were neighbors and I felt like it was so cool, you know? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's things that should be up to the parents and the parents should be held accountable. I definitely I mean, don't think it's appropriate for schools. elementary school age mm-hmm. children to hear like they shouldn't be engaged in that kind of conversation. Like you're here to learn, like let deal with that later. Well, like, you know? like, Mike, did, well, now we're challenging math. You know, like that's the latest thing I've heard is that math is racist because two plus two equals four. <laughs> I, I've literally seen that like popping up on social and I'm like, are you guys like nuts? Like this? Yeah, like, they are. Just, I'm <laughs> like, and people are jumping on the bandwagon. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we're, it's like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, Mike, back to your sex question. Yes. You know, when you're talking about that, I'm not going there. I'm actually being serious today. All right, guys. I know you think I'm going to crack a joke. So when what, you, when did your wife, your ex wife, talk to your daughter about sex? Because I, I would take it you didn't have that discussion with her. Oh, I did. Oh, okay, too, you did. Okay, as well. so yeah. Okay, I was so leaving what age was she when you had that discussion? Uh, when did 10, you choose? Ten or eleven? 10? Okay, yeah. I did the same with with my youngest. Um, so my thing is I, I I'm, I'm all for the parents just being a parent and having that conversation with your children. Um, it shouldn't be the teacher's job or the school system's job or anybody else's job. Now, you know, I don't, I, because you're, I would think sex education class in high school, I, this is where I'm saying, if you've had that discussion with your kid when they're, when you're, but every parent doesn't, I didn't have a problem with the sex ed classes because they were actually very informative as long as they weren't lying. You know what I mean? I really did. It was, and I, 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 I'm all for it. 
Uh, I don't even know if they even still have that in school anymore. Did they take, did they take it out? In um, here in okay, so in fourth and fifth grade, um, we teach what's called human growth and development. Okay. Now in fourth grade, it's mainly just um, talking hygiene, it's hygiene, you know, okay. female hygiene, male hygiene, that kind of stuff. We used to split off boys and girls and when yada yada. Fifth grade is more getting into the reproductive system, things like that. But it's very like academic, like um, like scientific, how it should be very academic, scientific. So the the appropriate academic language. And, it, you know, I actually I taught fourth grade for a really long time. But um, and that was it was great to see the kids kind of cringing like, oh, God, like it's just, (laughs) you know, it's it's funny. I just let the nurse do her thing and I'm just listening and watching the kids. And then, you know, when you get into fifth grade, I kind of like stay away from that. But um, but it is kind of funny when you're literally like talking about the scrotum and yeah. you're you're just and when the boy like the look on still funny now and the scrotum, you know, does yeah. that make you feel uncomfortable? You know, it just it's, some teachers really all, teacher, put your hand here. Of, no, I'm just kidding. Of, it's funny. Yeah. It's it's, mm. you know, you're you're teaching it and there's no easy way to do it you just try to make it like we're not joking about this yeah, right Informal but educational it, well, just trying to make it educational and maybe a little cringe at some point i remember <laughs> i remember really my immature, son especially I remember my the son. immature ones that's when you really like rein it in and just kind of like just you're fucking with them you know but <laughs> you're still keeping it very professional you're very professional just you know just I, I have, well, real quick, Brad, before you start, sure. I, Florida, I just looked this up. It says Florida schools are not required to teach sex education anymore. They're required only to teach comprehensive health education. And every There's student, no- I believe in, um, I know in ninth. Okay. So in middle school, every child has to have PE after that first year, then they can do whatever electives mm-hmm. ninth grade. They have, I believe what's called hope or something mm-hmm. of that nature and it's health it's whatever health related yeah. stuff that is and the rest is electives after they get the initial just health stuff one of the things that's kind of i find kind of sh- i don't know if it's shocking or sad i don't know the right word is but you know i grew up with a mother and a father in my household you know my, my children have mothers and fathers and you know like i taught my stepson how to shave with a razor and I just can't imagine like the, the the single mothers out there, you know, that don't have that have sons that don't mm. have that opportunity to learn that from a from a family member. And it's I wonder how they are supposed to get that information or that you know that type of stuff, just the basic hygiene, you know, that requires a being a person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're missing that element, so I feel like there's just so much. Like we try to put so much on the school system to teach, but I think it really needs to try to figure out how to fix the family unit and fix the family you know, at the, at, at, at that level, um, would cause a lot of the problems we have in society to go away. If we could just fix that. Yeah. I think, I think that has a lot to do with babies having babies, right? Yeah. Which rolls it around full circle to the whole sex education thing. And then to the abuse thing, then you get, the, you get folks at home who just don't give a damn anymore. It's just one vicious cycle, in my I opinion. Think we're too, I think we're too tired. I don't think it's people don't give a damn. I think they're just wore out. I, I think if you walk around, you see so many people that are just shells of themselves and just trying to get through the day that they just don't have the extra energy left over to do what they need to do because they're working 40 hours a week or oh, they're yeah. working more than 40 hours a week. I mean, 
they get exhausted by the end of the day and it's like, okay, do I take now take this time to like spend time with my kids or he's super happy playing Fortnite. Should I just let him play Fortnite? You know, <laughs> while I go like try to decompress and start the whole process all over again. And I just, yeah. I feel like it's that we got a huge imbalance and I feel like corporations are asking too much of employees. You know, there's not enough family. There's not enough family time. I think that there's just so much pressure on the family unit right now. The, t- I, the I traditional family has changed, has, uh, has, uh, evolved. And, um, you know, being a single, I myself, I was a single mother and yeah. working full time. I have to, you know, you have to work yeah. and daycare. And now that my kids are older, but, um, it was tough because again, I was teaching, I was in the classroom and I'm working from home. You know, I missed a lot. I missed out a lot. Um, um, because I spent so much time working at home when I'd get off of work. Um, but I always try to make up for it. My, my kids and I, we've always done a lot of cool stuff. Like, you know, I always try to make sure that we are doing stuff as a family. But I, when I switched roles, I was like, I'm not doing work at home. Like I have to, I have to shut it down. You know yeah. what I mean? And so now I've, I've got a different mindset where it's like, okay, when I leave work, it, that's done. Um, so I've, I've, I've evolved with myself in that aspect and I feel a lot healthier and better in that way because no matter what, you know, there's always going to be work. It, it, the same work is going to be there. So whether you do it at home or whether you do it when you're, you know, uh, in your office or whatever, it's still, there's never yeah, kids time. grow fast and you lose those times because they're gone yep. forever. You know, that's, exactly. that's, that's gone. I and mean, I was, have- I, Two working families, like two people, husband, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's not no longer for the most part, people staying at mom, staying at home or dad staying at home. Um, both parents, especially now with the economy, like they have to work. Yeah. I mean, I made the mistake when I went, um, when I first got divorced, you know, my daughter was like six. And then when she'd come visit me, um, cause my wife had primary custody cause that's just the way it was back then. Um, and, um, I remember being like, I have to be the cool dad when she comes over. So she gets to do whatever she wants, whenever she wants, however she wants, you know, like we're going to do everything fun. Like it's me fun, 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 nothing but fun. And I learned really quickly, like it took me less than six months to realize, okay, this is bad. Like this is really bad because what happens is she's going to her mom's house and she's like, it's super strict over there. And then she's coming to dad's house and it's super fun. So she's not learning a balance. She's learning extremes. She's not learning like what middle of the road is like, okay, you know, nine o'clock's bedtime. You got to get your homework done. You got your clothes ready for the next day. Then you get to have fun, you know, that type of stuff. So I learned that really quickly. Um, and I feel lucky because I had, you know, I grew up in a household. Like I said, my mom and my dad were there. My mom didn't have to work because it was just a different time. And, uh, you know, we struggled financially because of that, because if my mom would have gone to work, we'd probably been a lot better off financially and had more stuff. But I think sometimes having less stuff and having more quality parent time is so much better. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. No, it makes sense. Like I remember, you know, thinking to a point like my, I've had that, that shift as well, where mm-hmm. you're like stuff, stuff is great, you know, yeah. buy the next new great thing and all this jazz. But you know, now that I'm, mm-hmm. I've, I've matured (laughs) 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 a little bit. I'm working on it still. Like, um, you know, I'm more about the memories now, you know, now we're thinking about, okay, like we need a downsize. We need, we don't need all this stuff. Um, but we need to 
to go out and do things together and experience things together. So that's kind of like where our mindset's shifting now. Um, but you know, it's hard sometimes to get rid of the, the stuff. And like, I just yeah. went to MegaCon last weekend and I did so well until the last day. And then I bought stuff. Yeah. And I was having minimal buyer's remorse. I love everything that I got, but I'm like, yeah, that's just more stuff. So, but it was a great memory. Great, good, fun memories. You know? Yeah, but you're allowed, allowed to spoil. You're you're allowed to spoil yourself every once in a while. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You're right, but I don't need more stuff because thing, like um, I got these great things, and now it's like okay, well, you know, when the kids move out and we decide we're going to go RVing or whatever we decide to do, like I'm gonna have to get rid of all this. Yeah, you know. So or I don't know. Put it in storage. Or sell it. I could probably do that. Well, that's getting rid of it. Selling it's getting rid of it. Putting <laughs> yeah. in storage is just well, kicking I mean, the can know, down the road. <laughs> sometimes the hassle of selling is just like I'd rather just give it away. Yeah, you can talk oh, to Mike me. about that. That's, <laughs> that's, me. Right there. that's me. Uh, I don't I don't like selling shit. I'd rather just give it away because yes. I, I just hate haggling with people. Agreed. Um and it's you know, it's I don't know, it's just it's just wild. But, well, I'll take everything in your garage then. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Give it away now. <laughs> come on we, over. Start picking we just stuff got up. Rid of Start picking dirty. He's not kidding. He's like, come on over. You're we not just got rid of feelings. a camper. We were we were in the process of building, and it. Uh, my guy rage quit. He, he just had the final straw, and because <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't realize. I'm like, babe, I didn't realize like you were really struggling with with this thing, and he's like, just that this. He went to move it out of the garage because, and then one of the win one of the windows fell and freaking cracked, and then he just was like, "I'm done. I'm I'm done." So we recently sold it. He actually sent me pictures um, today, this morning. To the guy that he sold it, and the guy finished. We had only had a couple things left to do, like the kitchen and some of the inside part. And I'm like, "Man, this guy did a really good job." And even when he was selling it, and we bought it, we did buy a new camper. A small one, just a small little cute Rubicon little camper or whatnot. Nice. And um, uh, he, I'm glad that we did. But even when I saw the old one that was built and I looked at it, I'm like, man, you did a really good job, man. Like really, yeah. like really good job. And it's kind of unfortunate because everybody I've talked to, I'm like, you built a camper? That's so cool. And and it was just kind of cool. Like being like, yeah, we built our camper. But yeah, yeah, he rage quit and then we bought a new one and we used it and we love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that rage quit because the project just like I'm done with this project. Just oh. Get rid of it. Yeah, I did that. With, I did that with my Jeep. I, I had a '76 Jeep that I was restoring, and I got like three quarters of the way through it, and I was just like, I couldn't find the roll bar that I wanted. Like, I went to all the junkyards, I was trying to like find a roll bar, and I just got pissed off. And then I didn't work on it for like I don't know two and a half months, and I was just like, that's it, I'm done. It's taking up too much space. I gotta get rid of it. Sold it, and then I was like, damn it, I should not have sold it. That's a so classic, I just finished man. it. And kept it. I don't know why I sold it. <laughs> yeah. so, Brad, do you have anything that you ever got rid of that you wish you didn't? His sanity. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you? no, and honestly, no, I, I can honestly say I'm glad I got rid of a lot of shit, especially people. <sighs> oh, that's the best thing in the world. Just saying, getting rid of that. Assholes, all the negativity. Right. I think I was a big responsibility for that. Why is that? Because <laughs> I, pr- I was preaching that to you for years. Yeah, and I honestly, I, I don't tolerate <laughs> any bullshit anymore. It's like, you know, if, if people want to be friends with me, great. If they don't, 
no shit off my, you know, no skin off my back or no whatever the hell you say it. But no sweat off my ass. No sweat off my ass. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know, man. I just mm-hmm. like, you know, except for like the last probably month and a half, I've been obviously a little bit more raged, <laughs> you know, triggered, yeah. I guess you could say, um, just because, you know, of my testosterone replacement and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like super mellow and I'm, you know, trying to mellow out and just trying to think before I speak. And, uh, yeah, no, trust me, I got a long way to go before I get any of that shit. But, um, but, uh, you know, so yeah, I can honestly say, no, I don't, there's nothing I really regret getting rid of. Uh, maybe my first drum set. I mean, I, yeah. I replaced it thanks to Mike, but, uh, you know, um, but my first, my first drum set probably cause it had some nostalgia in it, you know? Word. Back to the people thing. There's two type of, two types of people out there. There's people that give energy and the people that take energy. Yep. And the more people that you can have in your life that give you energy, the better you'll be. Because the people that just take energy, they'll suck you dry and they won't, they won't care like about you. Yeah. Succubus. So define suck you dry. <laughs> <laughs> about that strip club. Yeah, it sounds like, sounds like a little something different there. <laughs> Is that a hoopa? You just happy to see me. <laughs> That's hoopa? Why. Did you say a fupa? A hoopa. Oh, oh I thought he said a fupa. <laughs> I thought he said a fupa. I was like, I was like, don't really be making fun of my stomach fat. I was like, don't be making fun of my lower stomach fat. Yeah. <laughs> fat upper pussy area. Well, Oops. listen, guys. Um, let's wrap this thing up for the day. Um, Kristen, thank you so much uh, for coming on. It's, we have to have you back again. Um, yeah. I know we were, I know we were talking about a lot of serious topics, but I like you to have come back. We you know when we're cutting up and you know having some cut up content too. So yeah, maybe uh, when I'm not here too. So yeah, yeah, I would yeah, love exactly. to. Yeah, I like would when you have a vacation, it. wink, wink. You know, or a, <coughs> I'm sick. No, but um, we'll you plan know. ahead of time. I got a lot of days coming up, so we're yeah, good. exactly. So we'll get it planned out. Um, yeah, summer's you know. right around the corner. That's right. I got a lot of stuff going. You know, here's the thing <laughs> that I freaking hate. <laughs> Teachers can have to host them, and you can like, fuck. no, we're working. You know, like that drives me crazy. Like I have so much going on this summer with trainings and this and yada yada yada. Like, and I feel bad for Craig because. Uh, the boy, we get the boys, they're from, they live in Hawaii. We get them for six weeks during the summer. And so we were a family of six, which is like, you know, whatever. But I'm leaving him alone <laughs> for <laughs> a, a, like each month. I got something going on for like a week. And so he's going to be like going nuts. And I feel really bad, but not really. Yeah, I was about to say, but do you? But do you? But do you? Go on now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, KO, where, they, where can they follow you on social media? So, you know, what's funny you're talking about social media is yes, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, um, but I'm not on, I usually do like a weekly photo dump. (laughs) I'm on much less frequently than I used to, unless like maybe I've got a buzz and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share this. But for the most part, I try to like maintain, like people don't want to hear about me. I'm not that important. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? I, I think about stuff like that. Like I'll go to post something. I'm like. I don't want to talk about myself. It's stupid. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's, it, maybe it's just m- a weird me. I'm more of just a meme junk junkie. If I think something's funny, occasionally I might post something about me, but um, right. I, I'm more of a meme junkie. Like I steal memes and like repost them. I mean, okay. that's about or the, or, that's or about you the, rant about something that pissed or, you off. Or somebody who pissed me off, which was, in the last few months, it's been almost like every other day. Oh, but, uh, you know, but yeah. that's slowly but surely faded yeah. a little bit. So where can they find us on the web and social? All right. Where you can find us is 
at the Daily BM on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us at underscore the Daily BM on the Tweet Machine and on the Tiki Talk. You can also go to our website at thedailybm.com. Check us out. You can email over at info at. So with that, ladies and genitalia, you guys have an amazing whatever time of day it is for you, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one. Deuces.